Okay, so for today's episode, I'm going to be talking about a few things, and I'm going to be connecting the dots, as it shows in the title, between the tall whites slash the Nordic blondes, whatever you like to call them, because, in fact, yes, they are the same thing. There is no difference. They are the same species. How the tall whites have actually influenced major governing bodies like the Nazis 70, 80 years ago, as well as American politics today in the West, and we're also going to tie that back into a portion of the Edward Snowden leak that happened, I believe, seven or eight years back, roughly. So, first off, to jump right into it, we need to understand who the Nordic blondes are. I mean, you can call them tall whites, the Nordics, whatever. They are human, humanoid, rather, extraterrestrials that come from the Pleiades system solar system who resemble Nordic Scandinavians. Now, professed contactees describe them as being roughly six to seven feet tall with long blonde hair, blue eyes, and fair skin. And a handful of ufologists and many different people, such as George Adamski, is credited with being among the first to claim contact with these Nordic aliens in the mid-1950s. And scholars note that the mythology of extraterrestrial visitation from beings with features described as Aryan or sort of albino-looking skin and aesthetics often correlate with that of telepathic abilities, benevolence, and physical beauty. And it's been drawn in scriptures, it's been drawn in stone, it's been... It's been very well documented in a lot of regards. And so what I do want to state is that the Pleiades, I think they're pronounced, are known as the Seven Sisters or the Messier 45. They're an open star cluster containing middle-aged B-type stars in the northwest of the constellation Taurus. And so these are where the Nordic blondes supposedly come from. Now, there's been a lot of speculation as to what the Nordic blondes purposes and what their goals are and more often than not they have claimed to be whether it's you know prehistoric scriptures and writings or very recent people who claim to have encountered them or former government agents who have spoken out they have claimed to for these nordic blondes to be very friendly very good looking very peaceful and it's also said that they even, in fact, walk among us to this very day, and it's very difficult to recognize them be, or, or sort of differentiate them from, from us because they look so similar. I mean, yes, they have, you know, bright eyes or they're a little bit taller than the average person and they're very good looking, but there's a lot of human beings that look just like that as well. Now, with that being said, they've also been documented to have the ability to live for anywhere from 600 to almost a thousand years and the reason that they end up dying after this eight nine hundred thousand year period is because of the fact that as they grow their organs grow quicker than that of their physical body but their physical outer part of their body, their skeletal structure, stops growing at a certain point once they hit roughly seven feet or so, maybe a little bit less, maybe a little bit more. But what happens is their organs keep growing and growing and growing, and it can't keep, it can't, uh, their, their skeletal body cannot contain their heart, their liver, you know, all the things inside of, inside of them just as we have. 
Now, it has also been described that, or theorized that they may have, or humans may have come from them. It's very possible considering the similarities. But I also would kind of rule that out too on the other side of things for the simple fact that it's indeed very possible that the humanoid structure is just something that's very common within, within living, living beings and what have you. Now, what does this have to do with Nazi Germany and American politics? So, first off, what it has to do with that is they have been influencing and been sharing insights and technology with many different governments for many years now. And previously, they used to kind of come and go from this planet. And yes, they are, in fact, some of the beings that are driving some of the UFO crafts or, or piloting them, as we call them. But ultimately, their first main ability to realize they can influence us easier than they thought, if you want to phrase it in that way, was with the Nazis. Now, I think when they looked upon the Nazis, based on recollections and documentation, they didn't exactly view the Nazis as being bad, but they didn't view them as being good either. All they viewed was, listen, this is the current powerhouse, if you want to call it, of of this particular species, at least it seems to be ruling most of the planet, and so we're going to work with them. That doesn't mean they helped the Nazis advance their agenda when it came to the Holocaust or things like that. I think that these species are above that, okay? And so it's been stated by multiple intelligence communities that Edward Snowden, and this is how it kind of all ties back, who's been given asylum in Russia, who still lives in Russia now, leaked documents that a race of extraterrestrial, quote-unquote, tall whites arrived on Earth, helped Nazi Germany build a fleet of advanced submarines in the 1930s, and then after they were defeated, met with President Dwight Eisenhower roughly eight, nine years after the Second World War, where they made a deal with him in hopes to effectively evolve and revolutionize the United States and have an advantage over other countries. Now, there's a lot of things that you can question about that. If they're so peaceful, why would they want to help one particular country? And I think the other argument or the rebuttal to that is that they don't exactly look at it as countries. They look at it as which governing body of this species is going to, in the long term, inflict the most positivity. Now that that's a you know that could be argued as well too because America is not a they're they're not saints either, right? However, it seems as though that these tall whites seem to go with whichever governing body is currently in power at that particular point in time. And so very disturbingly because I want to cover both sides, this report that Snowden leaked in one of his many NSA documents stated that the tall white agenda being implemented by the secret regime ruling the United States calls for the creation of a global electronic surveillance system meant to hide all true information about their presence on Earth as they enter into what one of Snowden's documents called the final phase of their end plan for sort of ruling the world. Now, here's the thing. I want those listening and those watching to have a sort of an alternative perspective because the words that were used here 
were not the, the exact words used in the documents. I've seen the document, but, and I'll do my best to link it. But the thing is, is that if you notice, these words can easily be reversed and flipped to that of a more positive connotation. And so I think that ultimately, it all comes down to what you perceive to be both good and evil. Because you can't say, for example, that what's going to be happening here is a bad thing or a good thing either. You have to start with the with the ideology of believing in neither. And that's the best way to approach it, right? And so, whether or not they're trying to push this agenda forward, the, the question then becomes, it, it's not really what they're, it's what they're trying to push forward instead of, and how they're trying to push it forward. So it could be a very good thing and this could have been a sort of psyop misinformation leak it could have been many different things. And so ultimately, the, one of the reasons why I think that this is a little bit of a psyop is because of the fact that when you, as I've said many times before, when you take the truth and you put it in plain sight, but you kind of ridicule it, it makes people laugh and say, oh, that's BS, it's only in the movies, that's not possible. But then you get into the whole thing of, well, where did the movies get it from? And then you get into the whole thinking of where did, uh, you know, where did Hollywood get it from initially? It all comes from intelligence agents being implanted into these different institutions and pushing these agendas. So I think the tall whites were on the brink of being exposed in many regards. And what happened was that they wanted to use this as an opportunity, the Snowden leak, as an opportunity to kind of tell the truth of what they're doing, but kind of wrap it in BS and maybe wrap it in some type of evil connotation to make people think, oh no, it's BS, it's, it's definitely not something that's happening. And I think that might be the case. And I'm not trying to be overly optimistic, but I think at the end of the day, we don't know for sure what they're up to. All we know is that they're here and it, it's present and what what kind of agenda they're pushing, we'll probably never know, right? It, as a matter of fact, it's been said that if you live in the West or you live in Europe, you may have very well bumped into a Nordic blonde or a tall white, as they call them, and you never would have known. Now, the next thing I want to talk about pertaining to the tall whites has to do with the fact that they actually have, and this has been recently uncovered, they have an established residential location within the French Peak about 25 miles north-northwest of Indian Springs Auxiliary Air Force Station in Nevada. They also have a main base and space vehicle repair facility, which is also built into the side of a hill at the north end of Indian Springs Valley, not too many miles from their residential location. So when tall white deep space vessels approach Earth from space, they make an initial landing at Dogbone Lake, which is 25 miles east of French Peak on the Nellis Air Force Range in Nevada. Then they make a lateral transition to the Tall White's main hangar, where huge doors part open to admit the vessels and then close up again. And so presidents, including Lyndon Johnson, very few but selected top senators and congress members and select generals and admirals are aware of and have actually met Tall Whites, either at very carefully and meticulously arranged events in Washington, D.C., or on the Nellis Air Force Base range in Nevada itself. And the tall whites have made arrangements with the U.S. government at the highest levels to have their central Nevada facilities undisturbed, 
hence what many of the meetings would be about. And it's also been speculated that these meetings have also been pertaining to denuclearization or not using nuclear weapons. So in exchange for their, their peace on this planet and being able to live peacefully, they provide advanced scientific and technological information which has permitted rapid advances in science and technology on Earth. And, I mean, listen, it sort of makes sense in certain regards. I don't know if I would attribute all of our innovation to an extraterrestrial species, particularly one species, excuse me, uh, specifically. However, I wouldn't rule out certain things. It's been said that Kevlar and other body-piercing rounds and other body-protective gear have come from these tall whites. And it's incredible how all of a sudden we've made extremely advanced revolutions in technology and many different industries in such a short period of time relative to that of the human existence. And so, again, I'm sure the human mind is very smart and I'm not trying to create a conspiracy where there is none, but at the end of the day, I don't think it would be far-fetched to propose something like this. Now, some of the tall white scientists work as technical consultants at advanced laboratory installation, including Northern California, Nevada, and elsewhere. And the tall white's main facilities in central Nevada serve as a locale for visitors from other star systems to come and study. For example, the English language and European and American culture. And these visitors are intensely curious about life and customs on Earth, mainly because it's been said many times by even the former Canadian defense minister who has said that aliens do in fact exist and they've been in contact with humans for many years now on a peaceful level that these extraterrestrials and these many different species of them find our species very interesting because very rarely or very seldom have they been able to come across a species that loves each other and hates each other at the same time. Which, when you really think about it, as the human species, we're very smart, but we're very idiotic and we're very emotion-based as well. And so, Helen Literal along with co-author Jean Bilodeau, I think that's how her name is pronounced, provides parallel and corroborative information in her new book called Rachel's Eyes. And this book tells the gripping story of how a compassionate Air Force officer on a perimeter security team befriended a Zeta reticulin hybrid crash survivor who happened to be a Zeta human hybrid teenage girl. Now, this is something else I'd like to talk about as well, pertaining to the... Zeta Reticula star system, because Bob Lazar, who has essentially at this point, he's been proven to have worked on spacecraft that is not from this planet, was told many times, even though he has admitted, mind you, that he may have been given disinformation on purpose in case, you know, he leaked it and they would be able to use that disinformation to find out who leaked it. Aside from that, he's been told, along with many other of his co-workers, that a lot of these craft come from the Zeta Reticula star system, which I believe is not that much, but it's X amount of light years away. It's in the lower number of uh, lower range of numbers. But what I find interesting is that all of these proposals and leaks and all that, they all seem to add up. Now, yes, you can argue that, in fact, all of these leaks are kind of just going off of each other to kind of make it seem like it's connected. But at the same time, when you look at the difference in, 
in years and the difference in people. You have people who have said things that have passed away and they made their, on their deathbed, they admitted aliens existed in the, in videos that they've had their kids film of them and what have you. They've passed away in the 80s and they've said things that are being slowly proven to be true now. So it shows a kind of overall connection to what's going on. And so this book chronicles his subsequent daring experiment authorized by the National Security Council through the Air Force's Aerospace Technical Information Command to adapt this hybrid, now named Rachel, and let her try out living a normal life as a college student at Northern California Junior College, disguised as what we now discovered to be Lost River College in the book. So Lost River College is really Northern, Northern California Junior College while living as a roommate with the author's daughter, Marisa. And her adoptive colonel father was stationed at the Air Force SAC base in the same city as the college. So it would actually be very interesting to, to, to understand and know that these tall whites are in fact living among us. And if they are friendly, then that's fantastic. And to be able to live amongst beings knowingly or unknowingly that can live for so many hundreds of years is another extraordinary revelation in and of itself. Now, I also want to know one last thing. Rachel's eyes also provides an accurate depiction and picture minus the usual disinformation in such matters, as to what really goes on below the surface of the heretofore undisclosed Four Corners base, which is essentially the sister to the Area 51 complex in the central Nevada desert. And Four Corners is supposedly the, co the code name for an undisclosed U.S. government base. Now, what I also want to note is that this book, which is not new, but has been ridiculed by many since its release, is something that is noticeably redacted. And as you can imagine with novels and books such as these, the U.S. government has to go over these things many times over and intelligence agencies have to look it over before it can be published. But again, I think that what they're allowing to be released is something that would kind of make sense to the average person's mind, even though they, don't, they would probably not believe it. Because if they completely didn't allow the book to be pub published, that would create more of a PR thing than they would want. So I think ultimately, it's very interesting to understand what these tall whites are all about, where they come from, and, and how they operate, and why they operate, and why they do what they do. All I can say is to be able to live for seven, eight, nine hundred years would be pretty fucking awesome if you ask me. But Ultimately, it seems as though I want to state one last time before ending this episode that the Zeta Reticula system seems to house many different species of aliens, at least three or four from my, my research and my, my knowledge and understanding. So ultimately, if there's a way to discover light uh, traveling in light years or you know traveling at warp speed or whatever you want to call it, the Zeta Reticula system would be the place to go. And if it's not that, if it doesn't take that long to get there with respects to years, it would certainly be, at least in my perspective, some a, a star system that I'd like to go to for sure. But I'll probably never end up going there anyways. With that being said, I also want to note that the ships and the UFO crafts leaked in the Snowden documentation are linked directly to the same type of description that not only has David Icke and Bob Lazar 
spoken about, but they also look very similar to the craft that seem to be coming into Earth right before the NASA live feed gets cut off or the Google live feed gets cut off, which is insane. So <clears throat> there clearly is a connection. I'd like to know what you guys think. There's clearly something going on that has to do with the fact that there's at least two, three, four, maybe even more species that top government officials and governments have secretly come in contact with. The question is just when will we as a people find out about it? And so even if I may be incorrect with some of my presumptions in this episode, which I really don't think I am because of the amount of research and sources I have on these particular topics, I'd really like to know what you guys think. And if you think that I've made any mistakes or misstatements, please let me know. But ultimately, I think that too many things here are connected for it to be a coincidence entirely. Whether or not you believe in extraterrestrials, that doesn't matter. Just the f when you take a look and you step back and you observe the facts, whether or not you believe in extraterrestrials, what it comes down to is the similarity of how all of these things have come together over 70, 80, 90, 100 years, all stated by different people whom have never met each other, whom have had different experiences and have taken their own paths in life. So let me know what you guys think and we will catch you next time. Thank you.